bottom. Hey, how? I saw a really good movie this week. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it. So there's this woman, and she gets out of jail after six months in, and she comes home, and her family is not super welcoming to her, and it's kind of sad, but she is keeping her spirits up because she is her best friend is getting married and she's been chosen to be the maid of honor and so she's writing her speech and she's really excited about it and she's also like trying to make new friends for the first time in her town and she seems to have like kind of a bad reputation but the audience doesn't know why right away and this is about this woman and her trying to start her life over after getting out of prison okay but is it gay Okay, but is it gay? A podcast about gay movies that you probably haven't heard of or that don't get brought up on gay movie podcasts a lot. This one uh, won some awards. We're talking about A Date for Mad Mary from 2016, directed by Darren Thornton, and it won two Irish Film and Television Awards, including Best Film. So I don't know if we could say obscure for this one, um, or even weird, because it is a pretty normal movie. But it is, like, not really one that I get, that I see talked about a lot. Obscure to American audiences, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it deserves those awards. It really Good does. For it. <laughs> we watched this one after a string of duds. After an absolute, just torrential downpour of zero out of tens. <laughs> And it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and we were thinking, is this just good because we just suffered a whole bunch? Um, and then rewatching it, no, this is just a solid movie. This is just an excellent film. Yeah, there really are no major complaints I have with this one. I'm excited to talk about it. A couple of warnings before we jump in. Not a whole bunch of like triggering stuff happens in this. There is some pr- prison imagery. We don't get a whole lot of Mary like inside. Um, but there is like some at the very beginning violence. There's a lot of like fisticuffs on screen fights. One person has a quite drastic scar in one scene. Uh, there are some instances of fat phobia, and there is one or two instances of homophobia specifically like maybe kind of like biphobia as people are like, oh, so you like girls now. Yeah. And Mary's like, (laughs) That's exactly how that conversation goes. Yeah. (laughs) But not a whole bunch of, like, heavy stuff in here. We are probably going to talk about uh, childhood neglect and things that might lead to, you know, rough childhood stuff that might lead to um, emotional immaturity because that's Mary's whole thing. And then other than that, I don't think I will come back in. Uh, editing how will come back in if there is something, but that's it. Best friend, editing how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> so yeah, we open on uh, voiceover, not so much narration. Autumn doesn't like narration. I, 
Because if the movie can't convey something without the help of narration, then it's not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. But this voiceover, that's why I say voiceover instead of narration, because it is setting up a lot of stuff and also like supporting what is going on on screen. It's Mary, we later learn that it is that this is Mary drafting out and practicing her maid of honor speech for the reception. And so she's like talking about her best friend Charlene. She's talking about their childhood together, talking about that kind of stuff. And it's very sweet and very good. And we get a sense of how strong this relationship is, or at least it was before Mary went away. And we also get like a sense of how she feels about the people in her life. It's also nice because it's so different from what we see on screen a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Like she's talking about how how strong this friendship is and how great these people are and then you see them interact on screen and it's the complete opposite of everything she's saying mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't feel like mary is disconnected from these things it feels more like things have shifted and she is like has been left behind kind of which happens when you go away for a little while <laughs> mm-hmm. and also when you are like a little bit emotionally mature com- as compared to the rest of your friends or even like um maybe they're at the same level of emotional immaturity but they're expressing it differently charlene's a, a piece of work yeah i was gonna say i don't know if that's the right way to describe it or yeah at least not compared to her friends like she she doesn't understand, Mary doesn't understand certain things that her friends seem to get really easily, like, dating. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other ways, she seems a lot more mature than her friends. Mm-hmm. She seems to understand how the world works a little bit better, but they seem to understand how people work a little bit better. Mm. That's an interesting way to put it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Mary seems a lot better at, like, friendships than they are yeah (laughs) like they're better at romantic relationships and she's better at uh platonic ones Mm -hmm. then again not necessarily great at those either so not necessarily good at like picking Mm. people (laughs) yeah uh so we open on that voiceover as like there's like prison ambiance like shots of cells shots of like terrible hallways as mary says goodbye to her cellmate she's being released after six months and she like goes outside like gets outside of the gates and like looks around and there's no car there that she's it seems like she's expecting a car and there's no car and it's very sad so she takes a train home uh where she's greeted by regina george's mom (laughs) she's not a regular mom she's a cool mom I should clarify <laughs> this is not actually Amy Poehler. But we but wish it was. Amy Poehler would do great in this role. Um, I don't know how good she is at accents. Um, I believe in her. Mary says some stuff about how she, like, she thinks that her family didn't miss her after when while she was in prison. Like, that's really sad. Oh, Mary. Well, it seems to be supported by the fact that no one cared enough to pick her up when she got out. Mm-hmm. You'd think they'd throw a little party for her or something, you know? Yeah. Get some balloons, make a cake, I don't know. A little banner, welcome home. Uh, her her family has, all of this is compounded by the fact that her family has been using her room for storage and has not cleared off her bed. <laughs> That's so terrible. If you're going to use an unoccupied room for storage, like, okay, fine, whatever. 
but you know the person is coming back on a specific date. You know when she gets out. Clear off her bed. What are you doing? What are you doing? You think they're trying to subtly send the message like, hey, maybe you should move out or something. Maybe. <laughs> maybe you should get a girlfriend who has a bed. <laughs> <laughs> Love it when girlfriends have beds. <laughs> it's one of the things that I that I look for in a partner. <laughs> um, Mary calls uh, her friend Charlene to see if she wants to go out to celebrate the fact that she's not in prison anymore, and Charlene blows her off. Mary then goes to a club by herself, and her attempt to be friendly with someone that she doesn't know, or that she knows from the town, but, like, they're not necessarily friends, like, they know of each other, like, fails spectacularly. She's just like, hey, what's up? And they're like, uh, it's Mary. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, Mary doesn't know how to interact with people normally. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Like... It takes a special kind of patience to do, because she just says everything that she thinks, Mm -hmm. and she says it, like, in this certain tone that makes everything come across as rudely as possible. Yeah, it also seems like she's expecting everyone to agree with her when she, like, says rude stuff, and it's like, Mary, people are different from you. Yeah, there's... There's this really weird disconnect between what she thinks is going to happen at any specific moment and then what mm. actually happens. There's a woman in, in the queue for the club who like glares at her, presumably for whatever she did to get put away for six months. And Mary like bristles at this. She's like, what are you staring at? Which draws the attention from the bouncer who is aware of Mary's reputation as a troublemaker and she gets tossed out of the queue. Yeah, presumably she often gets kicked out of places. She didn't seem particularly, you know, surprised by it. Like, oh yeah, regular Tuesday. (laughs) Oh, this again. (laughs) Another club I can't go to. (laughs) Then we get Charlene's fitting. Um, She's having fittings for, I think this is just a fitting for uh, bridesmaids and the maid of honor. Mary comes and she doesn't get along with the other bridesmaid, Leona. This is where we get like a little bit of the fat phobia that I talked about earlier just like if you're gonna watch this movie be warned it's not like a super present thing but mary's a little mean about people who are larger than her and it's like stop please mary's the maid of honor Mm -hmm. also i feel like that's that's important like but like she doesn't get any of the tasks that a maid of honor is supposed to get like she's supposed to be in charge of a lot of this stuff and obviously you can't do certain Mm -hmm. things from prison but, like, Charlene doesn't seem interested with her out of prison in letting her be in charge. Like, she doesn't trust her to do anything. No, except the speech. And then later, that falls apart also. Yeah, is this where she gives Mary that CD? Mm-hmm. A CD on elocution to, quote, work on her accent. And Mary is like, you have the same accent as me. But Charlene's is definitely, like, much less Irish, like, much softer, much more received pronunciation which is like the sort of stand i don't want to say standard but like the broadcast voice equivalent in the uk well said (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you could say that her uh mary's accent's like more more it's thicker or more pronounced or something Mm -hmm. mary is much friendlier to like charlene than she is to her in the scene she's like hi charlene how are you doing and charlene's just like hello mary Here's a CD. Yeah. Like, this is the first time they're seeing each other in six months. Mm-hmm. And that's all Charlene. Now, to be to be fair, Charlene's, like, a little upset 
right off the bat because Mary's late. Oh, Mary is late for the to fitting. This fitting. That's true. And you know she's supposed to be the maid of honor, blah blah blah. And I'm pretty sure like the person fitting her like tries to shame her for this mm-hmm. too. She's just getting like a lot of uh, shit from everyone all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she. I guess her being late is kind of like proving to Charlene that she isn't responsible enough to like handle these things. I don't know why she was elected maid of honor in the first place, to be honest. Cause they're like, that's her oldest friend. Okay. But like she could be, you know, a bridesmaid still, but I don't know. It's weird to me. <laughs> uh, Leon and Mary do not get along. <laughs> they do not like being around each other. And part of- yeah, there's like the sense that Leona kind of is replacing Mary mm-hmm. in Charlene's life also. Mm-hmm. Mary was also like surprised to hear that Leona was a bridesmaid because the like her and Charlene weren't as close in school. Yeah, I, did Mary think someone else was going to be instead? We don't really meet any other characters. No. Very interesting. Yeah, but like it supports the idea that Charlene's sort of replacing Mary with someone who's a little more... My instinct was to say mainstream there, but my a little more like acceptable, a little less brusque. Yeah, she seems to be wanting to curate this new image of herself and like surrounding herself with people that she thinks will help further this image and that are more like friendly, approachable. Mm-hmm. And the next scene is uh, we don't see them like actually get fitted for these dresses. I don't think that we see the the dresses until the very end if we see them at all but then our next scene is mary has a new job at a sandwich shop tries to flirt with one of her co-workers but he is married <laughs> because oh Rip. because the important thing is that charlene has told mary that she needs to bring a fella to the wedding that it will look unseemly if she is there and single and that is why she's like ah a male co-worker hello that made no sense to me like, if you really need her to bring a date, I don't get why it can't be a friend. Yeah. I truly don't get that. People bring friends as dates all the time. Yeah. That's not weird. It could even be a male friend if it's, like, that important to you for some reason. Though apparently she doesn't really have any of those, so, like, that's still a problem. Yeah. <laughs> what is, um, is an AU of this movie that's just like, Mary, go make a friend. Go make one single friend and bring them to the way. Yeah. Most of the same problems would still be happening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really don't understand why it's that important. I haven't been to that many weddings, but that that seems really weird to me. I don't know if you thought differently. I mean, it's a very common setup in fiction. I don't know how like realistic it is. Unless this is like Charlene being Bridezilla. She definitely is. Mm-hmm. Mary's also like working very hard on her speech. Like the one main of honor duty that she is given right off the bat is do the speech and she is taking it very seriously she's working on multiple drafts of this thing she's saying it out loud to herself it's very important to her that the speech be very good and i really love this aspect of her character that made me so sad the whole time like she is so earnest about wanting to please charlene Mm -hmm. and hang out with charlene and be her friend and make sure that her wedding is like you know, her best day ever, et cetera, et cetera. And like putting in all this effort also to bring now a date because Charlene requested it for stupid reasons. And like no appreciation from Charlene. None. So rude. I, I don't even know why Mary by the end is still talking to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get uh, her catching up with an old friend and a potential plus one candidate, which is unsuccessful. 
<laughs> the way that she talks about dating as this like perfunctory thing that she might as well just do is very like repressed lesbian energy. Like I said, oh, I thought that was so yeah. funny. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I, I never really bothered much with guys. I think they're kind of lame. <laughs> like, do you want to examine this a little further? And she's like not bothered by this fact either. It does not occur to her that this is not something that everyone thinks. She's just like, yeah, like people, like women date men and it's like whatever who cares and it kind of sucks like it's kind of physically painful it's kind of terrible (laughs) then she tries online dating um and she has to put up there's this really saccharine ad about like finding your soulmate and she's disgusted by it she's just like uh how do people stand doing this yeah and she she tries to like join a service that will help her uh like make her more attractive to men and help her like pick mm-hmm. a guy and they're like trying to take her picture and ask her like what she's looking for in a man and she can't the answer. The only thing that she's looking for in a man is is he available on the date of this wedding? That's it. Absolutely hilarious. Why why is this not like a red flag to her? <laughs> I'm just I don't It doesn't occur to her that this is not normal that this is not what literally everyone is going through. But she's like it's like the men in your life must have a singular purpose, and that's why you put up with them. Like, she's she's preparing for this wedding. She's seeing evidence of this thing in front of her eyes, and it just goes right over her head. Getting married is just a thing people do sometimes. Wild. Um, and the way that she, like, reminisces about high school, she's, like, feeling wistful about her relationship with Charlene um, and her past and friends and stuff, and the way that she reminisces is to watch a video of herself fighting people in high school. There's like a YouTube video of Mad Mary starting a fight in, I guess, I should say secondary school. Um, And she's like, oh yeah, good times. I didn't really get the impression that she viewed that as good times. I thought that was more like Mm. looking at her, her past like issues partly to provide that context for the audience and partly just because she she doesn't want to be known for that. Mm. I mean, now, the voiceover is clearly her reminiscing the whole movie, you know, talking about how great Charlene mm-hmm. is, et cetera, et cetera. And it's generally a red flag to me uh, always if someone, you know, their greatest memories are from high school. That's concerning. Um, you need help. <laughs> but- <laughs> But that that video. These people are in their very very early twenties. I feel like these people are young still. They don't have that many memories from outside of high school. Hmm. You're being kind. But anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah. I I didn't get like good vibes from her watching the YouTube video. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. That could just be me. No, I think that's a valid reading. This is why the art is good. <laughs> two people can look at it and see two different things. We love that. Give us more of actually well-written things. <laughs> Please. More things like Mad Mary. <laughs> then we get, uh, Mary has been assigned exactly one task <laughs> as maid of honor, it, which includes paying the deposit for the wedding video to love interest, Jess. <laughs> Jess is great. Mm-hmm. Jess operates her like photography studio like partially out of her home and so um Charlene has not been communicating with Jess 
Um, and so consequently she's scheduled something for the day of the wedding. And so when Mary arrives to like pay the deposit, she's like, oh, I can't do that gig anymore. And Mary's like, but why not? Why don't you just do the wedding? And she like insists that she take the wedding gig because Charlene will be upset. And Charlene will very likely take that upsetness out on Mary. Mary very much does not want to disappoint Charlene. Supporting my Mary is a little bit in love with Charlene theory. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yes. She doesn't realize this yet. Absolutely um, not. She's not processing what she's feeling as romantic attraction, but it is 100% like, oh, girl. Oh, you got it bad. <laughs> it's really a really good representation, I feel like, of uh, like lesbian's first crush not realizing, you know, on your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great. But... <laughs> Yeah, Mary like shuts down when Jess is like, "Oh yeah, I uh, I have a band gig on that date. I can't do it." She like can't comprehend <laughs> her saying no. It's kind of hilarious. Jess also has a guy at her apartment, and Mary interacts with all men with absolute contempt at all times. Like cannot be bothered. <laughs> she looks at him like he's something gross on the bottom of her shoe. Yeah. <laughs> That she will tolerate a little bit because she's in public. Mm-hmm. Also, this guy asks asks Mary if she knows Jess's name because he can't remember. And Mary makes sure to tell Charlene that this guy forgot her name. Jess. Jess. She makes sure to tell Jess. Make sure to tell <laughs> Jess that this guy forgot her name. <laughs> uh, Jess eventually, like, rel- like relents um, and is like, fine. I'll do the wedding gig. It's probably going to pay more than my band gig anyway. Okay. It, like, changes it in the schedule. And Mary, like, pats her and goes, you're a good egg. And it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like she's mimicking people who have, like, been condescending to her before. But she's not being condescending. But she's, like, received condescension and hasn't processed it properly. And so thinks that's just how compliments work and is mimicking that. Yeah, that interaction was so awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're gonna fall just in love. Felt felt her awkwardness. She does not know what to do with her body. <laughs> uh, then we get Mary picking up takeaway, and she finds the bridal pa- bridal party having dinner for Leona's birthday without her. Um, and she tells them that, and because essentially because she like senses that she has been left out of this social like interaction she's like oh i need to make up for this i need to prove to them that i am normal (laughs) uh and so she's like i found a fella for my uh, plus one so gonna be needing that extra invitation and she uh they're like what's his name and she's like john carter (laughs) not of mars because mary doesn't know what that is when asked so (laughs) She's like offended when they when they ask because she's confused. <laughs> she's like, "Why do you need a name? <laughs> He's just a man." All Mary does is say things without thinking about them first. Mm-mm. That's that's her like main character trait in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. She just blurts out words, and I don't know why she's that upset about these people. Like you know, going out to eat without her because she hates Leona and they're celebrating Leona's birthday. Does she want to celebrate Leona's birthday or something? She wants to hang out with Charlene because she hasn't been able to do that yet. That's true. 
And I feel like you might invite a friend of a friend to a birthday celebration. I guess not if they hate each other. Yeah, not if they hate each other. <laughs> you don't want drama for a birthday party. It is not clear that Charlene picks up on this animosity. Yeah, she emotes so little in this entire movie. It's very hard to get a read on her ever. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the actress is like doing a bad job. I think that she's doing, she's making very specific choices. Oh yeah, it, it works really great to help... Um, create her character Mm -hmm. but it just it makes it difficult to know how she's feeling about things Mm -hmm. it's also worth saying that her friends do not believe her about john carter (laughs) they all look at each other like "Mm." i mean (laughs) would you believe her maybe out of good faith why would anyone make up a man What do you mean? I absolutely would have lied and made up a man in that moment. Hopefully, I wouldn't say John Carter. You come up with a name beforehand and you say he lives in Canada. That's been done. They'd see right through it. What's the the Canada equivalent? France? Spain? Say he's Spanish. Just say he's busy on the date of the wedding. (laughs) It's his grandmother's, like, birthday. I don't know. He's busy. He can't go to the wedding. That's what you do. But then why bring up the boy? The boy only exists to go to the wedding. She only thinks that because she's a lesbian. (laughs) Uh, Charlie calls the next day to ask if she can meet this John Carter and like asks what he looks like, where they met. She's like, oh yeah, I met him at the bar. He's one of the guys that works there. Uh, He's the tall one with short hair. (laughs) She cannot describe a man. Now to be fair to her... Um, if she describes someone who looks nothing like the person she's still hoping to eventually secure for this wedding, mm-hmm. like then that looks bad. Then so you got to make the description generic enough that it can like work for anyone. Mm-hmm. But you could say, oh, he's handsome. He's got <laughs> brown eyes. I don't know. <laughs> but, but what if then he has blue eyes? Oops, I don't know the color of my own boyfriend's eyes. He wears contacts to work. Oh my god. That's extreme. <laughs> I, no, that's not, that's not the move. I mean, you're right, you're right. She's describing him generically so that she can bring whoever and pass him off as John Carter. But also, <laughs> this is how gay this woman is. She cannot describe him. It's also, it's also really sad because this is literally the first time that Charlene has like reached out to Mary willingly and she now wants to hang out with Mary. She like wants to go on a double date to meet the guy. She only wants to hang out with Mary now that she's like interesting and has a boyfriend Mm -hmm. and like, I don't know, is more normal. We are. Because boyfriends make you normal. We are anti-Charlene in this house. Absolutely. As you should be. There's no other interpretation here. Then we get the dating service that you mentioned earlier. She has trouble filling out the survey for the dating service and like describing herself even. She like doesn't know how to describe herself in a way that would be like romantically enticing and like tries to cheat off the woman next to her. She's like, what are you, That's a mood, what though. Are you looking at and what are you writing down so that maybe I can <laughs> do something like that? I would absolutely do that in that situation. <laughs> mood. And... <laughs> And yeah, she's, they're like, so what do you want in a man? And she's like, one who is free on March 28th. That's my only criteria. One who is a man. Uh, then we get seen with her mom. She is um, doing her makeup before a date. 
<laughs> she's like, her mom is like, I'm going to give you the famous J-Lo glow, which is a very mom thing to say and very funny. <laughs> uh, all of the women in this family are a little bit mean, and it's kind of great. Like, we get interactions with Mary, with her mom, and with her grandmother, and they're all just assholes. It's good to see that, you know, these things run in the family. <laughs> uh, Mary also has one hairstyle that she wears throughout this entire movie. I think the only exception is later when she is attending a different wedding. And I really, I also really like that detail. She just doesn't put effort into her appearance because it does not occur to her to do so. That's also a mood. Mary's kind of a mood. <laughs> <laughs> then we get a montage of dates uh, of prospective yes. John Carters. Uh the first date says one thing and Mary bounces. She fully leaves the pub. She's like, no, I'm not doing that. It makes me wonder if she's ever really gone on dates before. Mm. The man just exists. He's just a man. And she's so <laughs> overcome with disgust. Yeah. Uh, she continues working on her speech and it's very heartfelt and very lovely. It's got an- It's got every. Thing that you want in a good maid of honor speech like genuinely it's got anecdotes it's got heartfelt compliments it's got well wishes it this is a solid speech yeah i can truly understand why charlene might be a bit worried about mary's speech considering like what we were saying before you know she has a tendency to say everything she thinks mm-hmm. without thinking of like how it comes across and she has a tendency to like say very rude things, uh, to like swear a whole bunch. But this is like a fantastic speech. Mm-hmm. If I could write a speech half as good as this, like I'd be really proud of myself. Because it is coming from a place of love. And it's great. It's very complimentary to Charlene. It's exactly what you want. And then she just wants to spend time with Charlene also. She like continually is leaving voicemails and texting Charlene. Like, do you want to hang out? Do you want to go to the bar? Do you want to please... And Charlene is yeah, and she just never answers her phone. Yeah. Like I get and yet we'll like post on social media with other people. Mm-hmm. Like I get that you're planning a wedding, but also this is your best friend supposedly. She's your maid of honor. Don't you want to hang out? And she's hanging out with other people. Yeah, invite. It's Mary. not like she's only planning like wedding stuff and just you know stress eating at mm-hmm. home. Like she's going out to the bar and and everywhere else with Leona. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get second date, asks her about her hobbies, and she just doesn't have any. <laughs> um, this is a part of, like, Mary is a little bit emotionally immature. She's a little bit underdeveloped. She doesn't have much of a life outside of just existing. She does, hasn't really cultivated any interests. Um, <laughs> and then we get, like, a few other, like, generic men's that she goes on dates with that say, like, one thing. And then we get to the next one. Yeah, and she's so uninterested in all these dudes. Like, she'll just give one word answers and, like, stare out the window or something. I mean, you're supposed to be finding mm-hmm. someone to go on a date with. Why are you even there if you're not going to, like, talk to them? Yeah. <laughs> she's expecting something to happen independent of her putting any input in. She's just, she's just like, well, this is how this happens, obviously. Like, a man and a woman get in a room together and suddenly they're going on suddenly they are together like that must be how that happens she can't conceptualize anything that's kind of how she goes through life in general though she just wants things to happen without putting any effort in Mm -hmm. the one exception being maybe hanging out with charlene she's putting quite a bit of effort into that yeah 
That's the only thing she cares about. Her hobby is being in love. The with only her best time friend. she seems uninterested. Yeah. She seems interested. Then she finds someone else who is looking for a wedding date, which is a great setup to a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch that yeah. movie. <laughs> uh they're talking in a pub. They are sitting in front of a window, and you know what that means. Spotted. <laughs> Charlene's like walking by, and she like looks in the window, sees them, makes a face, and like comes in the comes into the building. And Mary's like, "You're my boyfriend. Your name is John." <laughs> and to the guy, <laughs> he's like, "Wait, wait, what? What? What's going no, on?" No, he's like, "Yeah, got it." Because they've previously discussed. Oh yeah, we both need wedding dates. That's it. And so he's like, absolutely, 100%, my name is John and I am your boyfriend. He's very up to lying for Char- lying to Charlene, and it's really good. <laughs> Charlene offers to make him a groomsman because apparently she has more bridesmaids than her fiancé has groomsmen. Um, and so it'll like look lopsided at the table and in photos. How's that possible? She has one bridesmaid. I, I don't know. Maybe there are background bridesmaids that we just don't see. But why wouldn't they be at the fitting? I don't know. Maybe Mary was just that late. Everybody else got fitted and went home. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe we, we found the one flaw in the day for Mad Mary. <laughs> Continuity error. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Ma- Charlene is also having a Mama Mia themed, I think this is her bridal shower or her, um, Either that or her hen do. She's having a Mamma Mia themed party. And Mary has been assigned Stellan Skarsgård as her, like, you, everybody's to come as a character from the movies. And, like, I feel like if you're going to do one of those things where everybody is coming as a character from a movie, you just, like, let everyone pick their character. And sure, you end up with seven shares, but, like, that's fine. I'd go to a party with seven shares. <laughs> But that's not how you can best show how little people care mm. about Mary. <laughs> we have to have Charlene do this absurd thing. And like, I believe, I believe the movie when they say Charlene did this absurd thing. But also, I disagree with her decision. She needs to control everything. Yeah, 100%. That's why she's got to make it terrible for everyone else. Then Charlene leaves and Mary reveals that she thinks that uh, her current date is actually looking for a beard. Um, and she's like, yeah. Uh, we can, I can be your beard. Uh, and he is super offended at that and storms out. He's, he's like, how dare you insinuate that I'm gay? Yeah. She literally had it made. Yeah. Like, neither of them were looking for anything. All they were looking for was a date to each other's weddings. They actually got along like they could have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And then... Mary just had to speak. He's willing to lie. He's willing to go by John. (laughs) And then Mary just had to open her mouth and insult him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mary goes to the Mamma Mia party. Her Stellan Skarsgård costume is not very good. She's very clear that she's put in very little effort again. Probably because she's upset Um, because she scared away her only potential date. Mm-hmm. She writes in her speech about her close bond with Charlene and how it used to be uh, like the two of them against the world as they like got in trouble in high school or were generally disinterested in like the society of high school. And like this, this audio plays over her watching people, ha- watching Charlene have fun with other people and it is heart-wrenching. Yeah, poor Mary. <laughs> Yeah. She also keeps forgetting that John Carter exists. People like bring up, oh yeah, your fella. And she's like, who? 
Oh, yeah. Mary just looks like a kicked puppy, like, for most of this movie. Honestly. <laughs> but the amount of times people, especially Charlene, like, because as we said, she's only interested mm -hmm. in, like, talking to Mary and hanging out with her when she has this boyfriend and keeps trying to, like, ask her, like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, since I decided that this random stranger I just met is uh, going to be part of the bridal party now, like, is he on board with that? Can he go to these photos? <laughs> Mary's like, who? <laughs> Then this is where we get the, the terrible evil thing that Charlene does in this movie, which is she has written a speech for Mary. Uh, she's like prepared a speech for her and she's like, this is what you're going to say at the, at the reception. Don't even worry about it, which is super sad because we know that Mary has been working very hard on this speech and that the speech is very good. I don't remember that happening at that part uh, of the movie, but I believe you. Yeah, we don't get the speech yet. We don't know what it is. Um, but Charlene's like, yeah, I emailed you a speech. Mm. And Mary's like, uh, oh. Which then prompts her to book it out of this party. She, like, steals someone's <laughs> wig. She's like a like a purple bob wig. And puts it on and goes in disguise to the club that she was bounced from. Um, she has an okay time at this, <laughs> this club. Except she's on the dance floor. And she and a woman is looking at her, and she's like very clearly like giving her the one silver. She's like, "Hey!" And Mary interprets this as bullying. She cannot interpret <laughs> any other type of interaction with a person. Like they must be antagonistic. They must be making fun of her. This woman is like bedroom eyes, and Mary's like, "You want to fucking go?" <laughs> uh, but Jess is here. Jess is here. We've missed her. <laughs> I've missed her. <laughs> who, who doesn't miss Jess? Mary then lies about being at the club with friends and then hides in the bathroom, which is a mood. Once again, Mary just being a mood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, she almost gets into a fight in the bathroom. Then she goes out to the bar and steals someone's drink and gets bounced. Is this where she injures herself also or is that at the at somewhere else? Yeah, no, she, like, um, in the process of stealing this drink, cuts her hand, um, gets bounced, is outside in, like, an alleyway, um, and Jess, Jess is here. <laughs> Jess comes up to her, um, and Mary, like, assumes that everyone is out to get her, and so, like, lashes out in order to avoid, she's injured, and so is already on high alert, and Jess is like, are you okay? And she's like, arr. <laughs> Exactly the noise that comes out of her mouth. Honestly. <laughs> Jess takes her to the ER for her cut hand and is, you know, just stays with her throughout this process, like waiting in, in the emergency. Which Mary really doesn't deserve at this point. <laughs> like, Jess is so sweet. She has amazing patience for being mm -hmm. willing to put up with that, honestly. Mm -hmm. We all deserve a Jess in our lives. Yeah. Jess is, like, having trouble with an ex. She's, like, annoying her. Uh, and Mary talks about the dates that, he, that she's been on. And, like, she's, like, incapable of giving men a chance. <laughs> she just cannot do it. Jess says she has high standards. Mm-hmm. Extremely high standards. The standard is women. <laughs> <laughs> Mary said, I like my men like I like my coffee. Nowhere near my vagina. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not like a line in the bill, to be clear. But, but it should be. That's the mood. <laughs> that's the vibe. <lie. laughs> 
That is the the energy she gives off this entire time. <laughs> she comes home. She like comes home from the emergency to her mom turning their living room into a rave. She's like partying. She's got drinks. Uh, she wants to go speed dating with Mary. Good for her mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the mom, to be clear, should maybe be concerned that her daughter has a bandaged hand now. Mm-hmm. Didn't have that before. She went out to a party and came home with a bandaged hand. What happened, dear daughter of mine? Knowing that her kid has, like, a history of violence? Yeah, and is just seriously, you know, troubled and going through a lot right now. Why is this not a red flag? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mom. Um... Mary's mom also has a date with uh, a man that's Mary's age. She's like, I have a date with this guy, first name, last name. And Mary's like, I went to high school with that dude. What? Uh, Mary's mom thinks that she is a snob. And that is why she doesn't have a boyfriend. Really, is because she is gay. Yeah, it's also to get off her high horse. <laughs> but it's okay, because... Uh-huh. Now Mary is no longer obsessed with Charlene because she has someone new to uh, focus all her energy on. <laughs> a little bit, but like not in a creepy way, probably. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that she like gets obsessed with Jess. I think that she's just like, oh, a new person in my life who isn't annoyed with me or trying to hurt me. This is a new sensation. <laughs> That's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. A little bit. <laughs> uh, speaking of depressing. Uh, we get the scene of Mary is uh, back working at the sandwich shop. Uh, a girl with a scar comes in. Her and Mary have an, impl- an interaction that very heavily implies that Mary gave her that scar, which like shakes Mary. She's like, oh no, physical manifestation of my actions. Oh no, consequences. This is the only time that we see her smoking. She like immediately has to go outside to the alley and take a cigarette break. They don't, like, talk at all. Girl with the scar is very clearly like, oh, oh, I don't really want to interact with this person. And Mary's like, oh, I don't want to interact with this person. And so they don't interact. Yeah, they both look like they've seen a ghost. Mm -hmm. And the girl immediately, like, makes eye contact with Mary and leaves. And you just see her, like, shaking in her car being comforted by someone. Mm -hmm. Mary takes the bus home from work and spots, spots Jess on the sidewalk. She gets off the bus and runs a couple blocks. Like, it's not like Jess was right near a stop or anything, or if the, or like that the bus was stopping. She signals the bus, gets off the bus, and sprints toward her just to say hi. And then was fully content to turn around and leave. Yeah. Was just like, hey. And then Jess is like, hey. She's like, well, I just wanted to say hi. Bye. The dorkiest thing. You want me to think that this woman is heterosexual? <laughs> How does she think that's heterosexual? That's the real question. Yeah. <laughs> this is compulsory heterosexuality. This is straight is the default and why it harms people. It's so powerful. <laughs> Mary explains that she's like, Jess is like, hey, do you want to like chat? <laughs> do you want to like walk for a little while? And... They get to talking and Mary is talking about dating like it's just the thing to do. She's not interested in the men that she's dating, but she thinks that that doesn't matter. That like she's supposed to go on dates with men and therefore she will. Like pulling teeth. Yeah. <laughs> we, we should call this episode something about compulsory heterosexuality. Absolutely. 
That is the theme of the film. <laughs> then Jess asks her, uh, asks Mary on a completely platonic gal pal hangout. <laughs> she's gonna take her on a work trip with her. Uh, she's traveling for work. She's like got a hotel room, like a fairly long bus ride away, and so just takes Jess, uh, rather takes Mary with her specifically to find a boy. <laughs> she's like, we're gonna find you a fella who's handsome and available. And we'll go to this wedding with you. And she, like, takes her to a, sh- a photo shoot for a wedding to scope out handsome groom- groomsmen and, like, get you a friend. Yeah, that's so cute. She, like, asks all the men there who's single and then, like, gives Mary a suggestive <laughs> look. And Mary's just kind of like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, looks at Jess and, like, Jess is, Jess is like, look at all these single men. And Mary looks at Jess pretty gay (laughs) they go to like the wedding reception for this so that Jess like is you know shooting candids and Mary is like visibly put off by a man showing interest in her like this guy like very earnestly is like do you want to dance um and she like brushes him off and then looks longingly at the bride and groom kissing and it is very heavily implied that she's looking at the bride you love to see it (laughs) <laughs> uh, she does dance with a man at this reception and holds eye contact with Jess the entire time. <laughs> this movie's good. Just some heterosexuals doing heterosexual things. <laughs> Just gals being pals, baby. <laughs> uh, back at their hotel room, Jess helps Mary practice her speech. Uh, practice the speech that Charlene prepared. Um, because she's just agreed to do the pre-prepared speech because she wants to please Charlene, even though it is objectively worse. It is completely generic. It's got lies in there. And, like, I get sometimes you lie in a speech to make someone look better. But, like, this is supposed to be your best friend. There's absolutely good best man or maid of honor speeches where you're absolutely roasting the person. Like, come on. Yeah, it it's like um, Mary's speech was too honest and it was like you know painting a real person but charlene doesn't want she wants to be like associated with a different type of person you know with the type of person Mm -hmm. that was like popular in high school basically Mm -hmm. as opposed to who she actually was because high school is really important to all of these people for some reason i don't (laughs) understand it's the most recent thing they've done has no one gone to college aren't they at the age like after you graduate from that that's what I thought. Yeah, but like, what? Not everybody goes to college. Okay, but like, still, some time has passed since high school. As far as I understand, it's much less compulsory in the UK. It's mm. like a thing that you do if you want to go into a field. Whereas, like in the US, it's very much pitched as college is the thing that you do if you want to keep existing. <laughs> if you want to continue to matter, you must attend a university. Okay, I guess. I don't know. That's my understanding. UK people chime in. High school stopped mattering to me like 10 seconds after I graduated, (laughs) so... Mary asks Jess if she wants a fella, and Jess is like, I don't want a fella. Looks at her. Yeah, she kind of gives a bit of a vibe, like, I'm not really looking for anyone right Mm -hmm. now. I think that's more like what she's actually saying, at least out Mm -hmm. loud. But, like, there's some implied vibes But she did invite this woman to a hotel room that only has one bed. Uh, there was only one one bed bed. (laughs) but yeah mary is not picking up on the vibes though to be clear they are going way over her head jess is the only person that mary ever apologizes to for being rude in this entire movie 
that we'll just seem to forget i think they are, they have a real human connection yeah they're interacting like mm-hmm. real people mary like doesn't people well like she doesn't have a lot of people skills and doesn't believe jess when she says the same of herself mary is like oh i don't have any people skills and jess is like oh me neither and mary's like mm, sounds fake <laughs> mary then opens up Uh, about her stint in prison and is surprised that Jess isn't freaked out about it. Like, everyone around her has rejected her in some form or another because of her past with violence, because she spent some time in prison, and Jess is just like, oh, wow, are you okay? And Mary's like, I'm fine. She's like, okay. Because Jess is a real person, unlike everyone else in this movie. Honestly. (laughs) Jess is the only person that she's interacting with who isn't default. You know, who isn't just like someone that she spent a lot of time with because it was compulsory to spend a lot of, to spend eight hours a day with them for 13 years or because she lives in the same house with them. They, yeah, Jess actually wants to hang out with mm-hmm. her. Uh, we get a couple of little quick montages of them like spending time in the hotel room. They like sing and dance, do some like drunk karaoke, hang out some more. And then there was only one bed. <laughs> it's unclear if they chose to sleep in the one bed or if this room had just the one bed to begin with. I like to believe, I don't know, you know, I don't know which is better. If this was a like a standard hotel room that has two beds and they chose to sleep side by side or if this was one a one bed hotel room, Jess knew that the whole time and still invited Mary with to come with her both are good both are good (laughs) (laughs) and then the morning comes and like the sunlight is coming through the curtains and it's all soft and quiet and they kiss and it's really cute okay but then like mary starts crying yeah mary then starts crying (laughs) that's a mood though which i just i i feel like you and i talked about this and we disagreed about it but like (laughs) i don't want someone's immediate reaction on kissing me to be that they start crying (laughs) sometimes we are full of emotions and we can't hold them all inside of ourselves and so they spill out from our eyes okay but then that also sends a really terrible message to the other person (laughs) not necessarily and like it's not even properly what what it's not even really addressed or like explained why she's crying. Like if she went, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just like feeling a lot of things right now. You know, that'd be one thing. But she's just crying. She's just crying. There's no dialogue in the sequence. They do have sex. So presumably they talked about it. I just... <laughs> if I was Jess at that moment, like I would want to then stop things because the person is crying. <laughs> For some reason, Hal just does not, is not on the same page about this. Listen, so that's fine. You could talk about it. You should, if someone bursts into tears at any moment in any, at any time, you should stop and talk about it. But like, especially when you're having an intimate moment. But it's not always a deal breaker. Mm, I don't know. I feel like it kind of ruins the mood for me. I'm going to make yeah. a Twitter poll about this. Oh no. All 12 of our Twitter followers are going to weigh in. Oh boy. They'll all disagree <laughs> with me. Watch. I'm sure, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who agree with you. Mm. Then they take the bus home and it's a little bit awkward. It's just like they're both silent staring straight ahead. <laughs> yeah, like they don't, they don't know where they stand. They don't know what anything means, especially no. Mary, who yeah. like just does not understand anything ever. 
Like, oh, this girl kissed me. Maybe she doesn't completely hate me, but I'm not positive. <laughs> uh, Jess asks Mary if she is freaking out, and she super is. And they talk a little bit. Like, they get off the bus and they talk a little bit about it. And it's very much, it doesn't have to mean anything. Unless. <laughs> they both clearly want it to mean something, but so neither maddie. of them want to say that they want it to mean something. So they end up with this, like, really stupid misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating to watch. But they do kiss goodbye. If it didn't mean anything, they wouldn't kiss goodbye. I don't know. Before we started recording, you were very, uh, <laughs> very strongly supporting how you could just kiss the homies. Uh, direct quote. You can't just kiss the homies. Oh. But not so after you does have it sex mean something or doesn't Once it? Once you've had sex with them, it's different. Okay. I see. <laughs> no longer platonically kissing the homies if you bang. Mm, interesting. If this is like the morning after you have sex with a person, it's no longer just kissing the homies. <laughs> I see. We're just we're just editing previous statements now. Adding no, conditions. You're mis- you're deliberately you are deliberately misinterpreting what I said. Yes. Don't met me. You're being a contrarian. I don't think so, but we'll just... I'm going to put another Twitter poll. <laughs> you, you know what? You can't run to Twitter poll. with all of our disagreements. <laughs> we need a neutral third party like Oh, Twitter. yeah, because Twitter's neutral about everything. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. Mm. I'm hilarious. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. Listen. <laughs> uh, Mary asks... I have written here... Mary asks Charlene's voice what it means if you've been with someone and they say it doesn't have to mean anything. I think that she's just asking Charlene this. Oh, no, I think it's a voicemail. Oh! Right, because Charlene never picks up the phone. So now Mary's just leaving voicemails to, like... Yes, to the void. Explain her feelings. And, yeah, I really wish she had a conversation with, like, a real person where she said that. I wish that so much, but Mary's just so, like, obtuse. <laughs> she doesn't have any she, real friends. She needs someone to, like, slap her a little bit and say, <laughs> my dude, please. I don't know. It's kind of complicated. This is presumably the first person she's had sex with. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Which is why she needs to talk to a real person. Yeah. And they can say, well, it depends. Like... Maybe they just weren't, didn't want to overwhelm you with, like, jumping into a relationship, you know? <laughs> I have written here, Charlene is an imperialist bastard who bullies her baby cousin. <laughs> because the next scene is a rehearsal at the church where the wedding is going to happen. And her <gasps> her younger cousin, this, this girl has to be, like, 11, 12. And she is singing. And her accent is much thicker than Charlene's. And Charlene is like trying to get her to sound more RP and it's disgusting. <laughs> like unlearn your internalized xenophobia, please. Yeah, also this is a child singing. Yeah. Like no one expects it to be, you know, award winning here. She's calm down because she's family. It's gonna be fine. I don't know why she thinks like everything about her wedding needs to be, you know, Worthy of being on the cover of a magazine. Yeah. I, I don't understand, like, who she thinks she is. <laughs> Just let, let, you know, yourself have fun, mm-hmm. maybe. Let your baby cousin sing. 
Stop. It's really not that big of a deal. Leona thinks that Jess looks like a weirdo because she has a cool jacket and nice hair. Yeah, she gets like super upset because Jess like looks over at Mary, who happens to be sitting next to Leona. Leona's like, why is she staring at me? <laughs> and Jess is just, just existing. She's just taking some candids of the rehearsal, like, because it's her job. She's just at work. How dare she? Do her job in a jacket with her cool hair. <laughs> um, Mary tries to tell Charlene about Jess, the chickens out at the last minute. Then Charlene says that she saw John Carter with a man at a club. I'm really happy for John Honestly, Carter. He worked through. I wish stuff. we got more of him in this movie <laughs> because he's a truly fascinating individual. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that he has a happy ending. Good, good for John Carter. <laughs> Mary is more concerned that Charlene was out without her. She was like, you know, at a club and Mary's like, I've been trying to hang out with you literally the entire time since I've been back. If you went to a club, why didn't you think to invite me? That conversation is so hilarious. Charlene's like, oh my God, Mary, your boyfriend's cheating on you. And Mary's like, you hung out without me? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She responds to this whole incident by kissing Jess in front of everyone. Yeah, which, like, is kind of funny, but also maybe you should have discussed that with Jess before you did it, actually. Yeah, Jess is at work. Mary doesn't have any any concept of coming out or the closet or or homophobia. (laughs) She doesn't have any concept of anything. Right. I I don't believe it was because, you know, Mary was trying to be malicious in any way. And I don't hold it against her, but definitely it's something that, like, you should not Mm -hmm. have done. It's a little bit scary. And it's not even like they're a couple or anything, you know? They they hadn't even really communicated, mm-hmm. presumably, uh, since, you know, the hookup mm-hmm. incident. Yeah. So, so this is a huge step that you're taking without any conversation. Mm-hmm. While we know that Mary is super confused and doesn't understand anything. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, if my fake boyfriend's out with a man, let me just kiss this girl in front of everyone. Kiss my real girlfriend. (laughs) Then we're at the dress place again. And Charlene, like, full on interrogates Mary about Jess. She says, you're making a show of yourself, Mary. And like, come on. It's not a stunt. She just likes a girl. (laughs) Yeah, she, I mean, it does kind of read like a stunt with the way she did that by kissing her in front of everyone. This that action was stunt like her feelings are not a stunt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Charlene is so horrible to her about this. Mm-hmm. So angry that it's gonna you know help with this like terrible image that she doesn't want to be associated with. And it's like let other people have lives. Yeah. Mary asks Jess to officially be her plus one, and she says you're gonna be at the wedding, and I'm gonna be at the wedding. So we like might as well. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a good character. She's so nuanced and she says such good things. Yeah. But her little, uh, her kissing Jess in front of everyone also like kind of did rub Jess the wrong way. Yeah. Um, Because now she's like worried Mary's just using her to get at Charlene. Mm-hmm. Mary does lash out at that idea. And then, like, Jess goes to the bar to get, like, a second round of of drinks, and Mary leaves because she's just not used to feeling things. She's just not used to 
experiencing this kind of emotional intensity and she bolts. Yeah, this is like supposedly their first real date. Mm -hmm. They're just like at a bar together and Mary can't even, she ditches as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. For the opposite reason that she ditched all those men. Yeah, right. But I mean, Jess doesn't know that. Yeah. Jess doesn't know anything because Mary doesn't know how to communicate. Nope. Jess then calls her to say that she doesn't know what's going on with Mary. She's just like, she's just like, please talk to me. She's sad, but she isn't mean to her, which is a huge step above everyone else in Mary's life. Yeah, true. But she does also like make it clear that she doesn't want to be treated the way she was just treated. Yeah. She's like, you can't do that. Like, you need to tell me why you did that so that we can figure out a way for you to not do that anymore. And Mary just doesn't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. The thing that she does that she does about it is go see Charlene, presumably to talk about this thing that just happened to her, because they are supposed to be friends. I, I don't know how she can still think they're friends at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get that she has no other options, but like, you'd be better off going to a bar and just ranting to the bartender about your feelings at this point Honestly. than talking to Charlene. Honestly. <laughs> they have free healthcare over there. You can talk to a therapist. <laughs> I can't see her going to a therapist willingly. Yeah. She should. She definitely needs therapy. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. Mm -hmm. She needs so much therapy. So she's at Charlene's place and we find out that Jess canceled the wedding gig, presumably so she doesn't have to see Mary, which is like, oh no, Jess. So yeah, so now Charlene's all angry at her. Yeah, and Charlene is homophobic. Because she didn't have enough flaws already. Um, Mary, like, shows her the speech that she wrote. She's like, it's okay, I'm sorry that this part is ruined, but I have made this beautiful speech that I think will make up for it. This is a thing that I have made, and it's very good, and I'm very proud of it, and I will do it at the wedding, and everything will be okay, and you will not be mad at me anymore. Um, Charlene reads the whole thing out, and it has, it's got nostalgia, it's got genuine affection, it's got love, it's got joy for their relationship. Ma'am, you are in love with your best friend. Um, it's a very good speech. And Mary's like, I want to read this speech because you're my best mate and I want it to come from me. And Mary, honey. Yeah, the, everything with all of their interactions reads so much like when you just have such a strong friendship and you just want to be so close to them <laughs> and you want to be closer to them than with anyone else and you don't want to hang out with anyone else and you don't want that friend to have any other friends just to like you. <laughs> but don't worry, it's very platonic. <laughs> and Charlene actually likes the speech. She does. To be clear, like she straight out says that she likes it and you can tell that she's like touched by it. Mm -hmm. But she won't let her say it. Nope. This is, it's inappropriate, she says. Yeah, but really, it doesn't fit the fake image of herself that she wants to project at this wedding. Yeah, and she still doesn't want to hang out with Mary, even though it's her Hindu. It's like her bachelorette party tonight, and Mary is just straight up not invited. I just made a yeah. bunch of hand motions like you could see me. <laughs> <laughs> um, know that we hate Charlene. Yeah, this is an anti-Charlene podcast. Like, Mary just poured out her heart, mm -hmm. even after being treated terribly this entire film. Mm -hmm. And still Charlene's being horrible to her. Yeah. And now, like, taking her one task that she was really excited for and proud of, giving the speech, like, away. 
Mm-hmm. Barry, like, confronts Charlene about being terrible to her. And Charlene, like, fires back about Mary being immature. Um, but, like, like you said earlier, Charlene's also immature. Charlene's insecure and trying to project a fake image onto a, an event that is supposed to be about her. Um, she has no self-awareness. It's yeah. annoying. Like, at least Mary knows her flaws. Mm-hmm. Mary, like, charges away from this interaction and tries to go out and have fun, but the closest thing that she can find to friends is a group of teens who are drinking in a parking lot. (laughs) A new low, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine? I I cannot imagine. (laughs) That, to me, is more depressing than just, like, sitting at home alone. Mm Mm-hmm. She goes to a bar and, like, Jess is performing at this bar. Jess is a musician. Uh, Photography is her day job. And she, like, does music on the side. Can you imagine just being two artists? That's that's the thing that you do for money and also the thing you do for passion. It's just art is both of them. That sounds like so much emotionally. (laughs) Also, she doesn't... How is she, like... It's other people's photos. But, like, how is she financially supporting herself? Wedding photography is super expensive. Yeah, I guess, but you have to have, like, a steady stream of clients in order to really... People get married. Profit. I mean, I don't know. I just... People be getting married. Yes, but you have to, (laughs) like, but there are a lot of options for photographers out there. Yeah, true. Like, this is a very competitive market. <laughs> These are both very competitive markets. True. Uh, Mary's getting wasted. Yeah, Mary's super <laughs> drunk. She gets bounced from this club. The police arrive, and Mary just doesn't react. She's like, they're like arresting her, and she's like, okay. Goes with them, gets picked up by her mom at the jailhouse. You can tell Mary's kind of like given up at this point. Yeah. Mary's mom asks her if Mary's behavior is her fault. And, like, don't ask your kid that. Oh, man. Oh, is that not a normal way for parents to interact with children? No. (laughs) Even if the kid is an adult, like, oh, boy, please don't. Also, if you have to ask that question, the answer is yes. Like, I'm real sorry. Yeah, I don't know why the mom needs to, like, make this about her right now. Yeah. She does that several times, I feel like. Mm -hmm. She gets angry when Mary's not, like, happy enough for her going on dates or whatever. Yeah. Right, like, she's like, her mom is like, I'm dating this guy who's your age, and Mary's like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable, and her mom is like, ugh, why can't you just be happy for me? (laughs) It's like, if my mom was dating someone I knew in high school, that would make me uncomfortable too. I would be really upset. Plus, Mary's going through a thing. Yeah, also that. The mom is so unsympathetic. Also, she just got picked up by the police. Like the, which has to be scary for someone who just got out of jail. Yeah, this is this is a really terrible time in her life. And the mom's like making it about her. But her mom does say, you go down there and you hold your head up. You're just as good as any of them girls. Which like, okay, that's a good thing for a mom to say. But also, the bare minimum. Too little, too late, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Where were you for the rest of this film? Uh, Mary meets Charlene in the wedding party at the church. And she looks very nice. She's in her uh, bridesmaid's dress. She's here to be in the wedding. Leona is mean. Um, And then Charlene defends Mary for once. Gets her life together for five seconds to defend her friend from her other friend. I mean, yeah, but she also took away the only task she had left. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's really, it's like the same as like a backhanded compliment, really, you know? Mm -hmm. The thing that she says specifically is that that beautiful, lovely 
wonderful, loving speech that Mary wrote is inappropriate. That's the thing that she says in this moment. And I have written in my notes, I'll skin her. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't even know why that matters. If she wanted Mary to read the speech that uh, Charlene wrote. Like, Mary knows Mm -hmm. how to read. She went to school. Yeah. They went to high school together. Mary can read. But no, yeah. she she gives that task to Leona. So Mary's literally now just a maid of honor in name only. Mm-hmm. Leona reads the, the speech that Charlene wrote for her. It sounds terrible, generic, and untrue. Mary calls Jess and tries to apologize. And it's a nice, a really good apology. It feels like she's learning and growing as a person and like trying hard to relate to other people. And she, the thing that she says is, I keep hurting people and I don't know why. And it's just, this movie's so good. That line broke my heart. That was so great. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, like, even when Charlene takes her speech giving like task away from her, Mary isn't mm-hmm. angry. She's yeah. so angry so easily this entire film, but not really ever, except for that one like brief fight they kind of had that we talked about. She's never mad at Charlene. She's like, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever Charlene wants, this is her wedding, this is her special day, I just want her to be happy. Mm-hmm. Which makes it extra like horrible how Charlene treats her. Charlene does not deserve her at all. No, uh, this is, it's very easy. This is a movie that you could very easily come out of and be like, Mary did nothing wrong. Um, because if you're like just focusing on her relationship with Charlene, like Mary does some stuff wrong, to be clear. She like snaps at people. Uh, she doesn't know how to interact uh, without like assuming that people are threatening her. And she like makes some bad choices. But as far as like her relationship with Charlene goes, Mary did nothing wrong. Except, like, be late to that fitting. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Mary did many things wrong. She was arrested several times. But, yeah, you're right. Re- regarding her relationship with Charlene, she's, like, bending over backwards this entire movie to please her. Yeah. Mary doesn't have anyone to dance with. This scene directly contrasts with the other wedding where, like, people are asking her to dance. And also she's making intense eye contact with, with Jess. But she just, like, danced by herself. She just vibes. She, they're, like, playing 80s pop hits. And she's just, like jamming out because jess isn't here also everyone at this wedding is terrible Mm -hmm. then her and charlene dance we get another part of the speech in voiceover it says me and her were the best the most beautiful oh man yeah that had the more than anything else in this movie that line made me sit back and be like wait a minute mary was in love with charlene yeah and i don't know if she ever fully like realizes that about herself on screen Um, unless we interpret her leaving early and trying to move on from this relationship like symbolically moving on from this relationship with charlene as her like maybe she doesn't like fully conceptualize it but she is just like oh now i'm ready for something new now i'm ready for someone who's going to treat me better (laughs) and like maybe charlene stays stays in her life like she doesn't completely cut and run from the from the wedding or the reception she stays for most of it but she does leave early so like maybe Charlene stays in her life but she's no longer the most important thing for for Mary no longer the number one relationship in her life she's moving on and hopefully she's moving on to Jess yeah I like that interpretation it's it's clear now that Mary's no longer gonna be putting more effort into their relationship than Charlene is willing to put into it so Mm -hmm. it's gonna actually be like a healthy relationship for Mary yeah she gets a ride home with her mom 
again, like, symbolically, like, this is them still being close, even if they, like, don't have the best relationship in the world. She just meet the 20-something cab driver that... <laughs> that her mom is into and she's like polite to him yeah that i would have liked that more if the mom had i wish the mom had picked her up from from prison at the beginning of this movie i really wish that had happened that could make me forgive a lot more of the things that go on but she picks her up in the cab she's like with like she's in the front of this cab she's like directed her paramour to pick her daughter up from this wedding does that count maybe showing that she's like making more of an effort i don't know Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. gross (laughs) what's that gif you know what that is i did the gesture i believe you (laughs) mary comes home and she takes the she in her room she has like a ton of pictures on the wall and on her mirror some of them of herself and charlene and she takes the pictures off of them off of the mirror and this very much is like this is a character who's ready to move on and start like growing more she's like ready to take on the arduous task of becoming a different comma better person and now also supposedly will be in a better place to like have a romantic relationship mm-hmm. and that's great because jess calls her which is a great place to end a movie but also a terrible place because you and i were so <laughs> upset it just it, it cuts a black and we just looked at each other Outrage. like what that's it but wait what what happens next <laughs> i like this movie because it is about relationships it is about friendships, it is about your relationship with your mom, and it is about your first love all in one, and it does those things pretty well. To me, it was more so than that, just about Mary learning to not rely on those relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, because how... She exists outside of herself. Yeah, like how you were describing her dancing with herself at Charlene's wedding, Like, she finally Mm -hmm. feels like she can, she doesn't need to define herself by her relationship to Charlene or, or an an extension of that, like, or to anyone. Uh, She's more comfortable Mm -hmm. with herself. She doesn't like, I don't know, she's maybe not going to be as self-sabotaging. Maybe she, she's more kind Mm -hmm. to herself. Yeah. This movie's good. It's got layers. (laughs) This movie's an onion. Oh, God. (laughs) This movie is an ogre. (laughs) Uh, final thoughts. Love this one. We wanted to end on this one because it's universally good. Because we would recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. I can watch this movie with my mom. This movie's great. I, I think that she would be on Charlene's side. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but she's the antagonist. Sometimes there's just, mm-hmm, there's just a character that I, that you can ping. There's like, oh, this person that I know would love them. My mom has very specific taste in fictional characters. You know, that fills me with great pain. <laughs> I'm just like wincing now. Uh, okay, yeah, that that was season one, everybody. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We did it. We have a pretty steady listener base on Spotify. <laughs> uh, we love every one of you very much. <laughs> Usually we talk about the movie that's coming up next, but this is our finale. Um, so we're going to be back in a period of time. <laughs> possibly like a couple of weeks with season two i want to call this is not official but i want to call season two f is for friends <laughs> because we're gonna have guests i can't decide if i love or hate that title so that means it's probably good <laughs>
<laughs> That's your exact feelings on Hungry Like the Wolf. So. Oh, no, I just hate that one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Any reminders this is an or association then. with Wolf video? Bad. <laughs> this is an improvement, though. By the time we get to season three, we'll have a, a season title that you like. Of, of course it's an improvement. This one's a connection to SpongeBob. Great. <laughs> Copper. You can find the show at but is it underscore gay on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Hal S. Hewlin. Uh, where are you on Twitter? Uh, autumnal underscore season. And our theme music is by Enoff, E-N-O-F-F, on Instagram. Yeah, I guess we'll see you in a couple of weeks. We won't see you and you won't see us. Uh, <laughs> we will exist in a few weeks with some more obscure gay movies. What's our sign off? Oh yeah, stay gay. Stay gay. <laughs> <laughs> Love that we have a, we had a we came up with a sign off halfway through season one. Maybe we'll change it for season two. What? Well, why would we do that? <laughs> it's great. I love it. What if we did? <laughs>